0: It's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello everybody and welcome to the Path Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill, ready to break down Patriots versus Raiders and all things week three in the National Football League. It's been three weeks of football and we're still playing, which is a huge boon. Another huge boon, Rich Hill, if my math is correct, happy 200th episode Ooh. of the Path- podcast. How
1: are you, man? I'm doing well. That's a crazy number. 200 is. is a lot of podcasts. I, I didn't know uh, if we would get here, but I also don't even remember how many seasons we've been doing this. But this has been awesome. 200 episodes is a huge milestone. Uh, we passed our Tom Brady 199th episode, uh, and so I, th- I think you know the sky's the limit here. And you know, very happy to be breaking down uh, actual football with you <laughs> compared to the rest of this off season, which was like, uh, I don't know, is it actually going to happen? And it <laughs> seems like uh, it is. But you got some good football going around uh, this week, Alec. And when you look up and down the schedule, do any of these games catch your eyes?
0: Yeah, I mean, the obvious one is the Monday night game. Chiefs are at Baltimore. That's probably the game of the year on paper, at least the winner of this game. Of course, will probably have the inside track on the home field advantage. Run one seed, blah, 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 blah. As much as you can take into week three. Uh, These are the two best things in the AFC should be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, this is going to be a big, big game. I think Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes have not been as efficient at quarterbacking as they have been uh, in previous years. But again, it's super early with the preseason. I'm sure their coaches will figure it out. But I think uh, when it comes to who's going to win this game... the Ravens are the home team gotta lean that way but you know you you can't ever count out Patrick Mahomes I I I just really think that uh this could be the Ravens year with Lamar Jackson to to pull it off because he's still you know very 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 good and the Chiefs are coming off a little bit of a shaky game against the the Chargers and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of a letdown after winning a, a dramatic game in overtime um But there's this other game on the schedule that I want to talk about. It's the Rams on the road against the Bills, a battle of two two 2-0 teams. Do you have any thoughts on this game?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I had the Rams as one of the Patriots' losses going into the season when the schedule first came out. I figured the Rams would be a better team than the Patriots this year. The Rams have looked good uh, in Week 2 and Week 1, but not great. Uh, And Buffalo has also looked good but not great. I think they both had very, very positive things and things they can take away, and they deserve their record. But I honestly kind of like Buffalo in this one. I think they have a lot of momentum. I think this could be a statement game for them. I think the Rams are one of those teams that are supposed to be in contention, maybe not for a Super Bowl in the NFC, but at least in the conversation for one of the last four or five teams in the playoffs. And they can come in here and take care of business against the Rams uh, while the Patriots are up against a surprisingly really good Raiders team. They could make a statement that they're legit and they deserve to be in the conversation among the better teams in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be a statement one way or another. I feel like this is a game where they're not going to be playing against the New York Jets. They're not going to be playing against the Miami Dolphins, who did hang you know a bunch of points against the Bills. So uh, this is going to be a very good Rams team. This is going to be obviously the Bills' top challenge of the entire year. And we'll see if Josh Allen is really as good and efficient as he seems to have been over the first two weeks, or if that was just a product of playing two really bad you know, defenses and bad teams. So definitely interested to see how that game plays out. It has a lot of uh, impact on the ASC East, where hopefully the Patriots can get back on track with a win against the Raiders, because as Bill Belichick always says, their first and main goal when they start the season is to win the division. And uh, if the Bills win and the Patriots lose, that's a pretty big hole for them to try and climb out of because, as you said, this is a surprisingly good Raiders team.
0: It is. I mean, I'm a little confused because they played the Saints last week, and the Saints... Aren't that good anymore? Are they good? Drew Brees having a a slump. It's just weird to see players of Drew Brees' caliber, and honestly, to be honest, of Tom Brady's caliber, just not lighting it up. Again, it's still early. It's a weird offseason. I know, I know. But I just feel like the Saints are are kind of underwhelming so far this season. So I I don't want to take anything away from the Raiders, who currently have the best offense in the NFL, points and stats-wise. But I also have to kind of question if maybe we're still thinking about remnants of seasons past and the teams that they're playing against aren't what they used to be, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. And I I think when you look at how this Raiders team has been performing, uh, they have one of the bottom five defenses in the league. You know, they're number one in the league in points per drive, which means that they're scoring at an incredibly efficient way. Uh, But they're also allowing points at an incredibly efficient way. So, uh, yeah, let's start with looking at this Raiders offense because I am pretty confused as to who is contributing to this top-ranked offense because, sure, they have Josh Jacobs, who is an outstanding running back his second year. He's producing a lot. He has three touchdowns on the year, uh, 244 yards from scrimmage. And then they have Darren Waller, who is top five tight end. Uh, he's a receiving tight end more so than anything, but he does it in you know a very very great way. Nearly 150 yards and a touchdown thus far this year. But behind those two, there doesn't appear to be a clear cut number three option. Uh, from a production standpoint, you know, they have Henry Ruggs, who's a deep threat guy, but you know, that's the boom bust sort of option where if yeah, he catches it, he gets a lot of yards. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Then they have Hunter Renfro, who's their slot guy. Uh, and so they got a lot of players rotating in that third offensive option spot, specifically at the receiver position. And I'm not seeing anyone really stepping up.
0: It's weird. I mean, we were talking before the podcast started about you know, going through the roster and and seeing who's who and who's. I, I don't recognize a lot of these names on either side of the ball, besides Darren Waller and Jason Witten, Hall of Fame tight end, still <laughs> finishing up the string. But yeah, I, I guess the the Raiders are are making their their money on efficiency and smart decision making, and just Derek Carr being very mobile in the pocket and creativity. John Gruden's got them doing things that maybe they didn't think they'd be doing in the past, and it makes me wonder. If you're the Patriots defense who kind of got gashed deep by Russell Wilson, not exactly a apt comparison, Derek Carver, Russell Wilson, but the Patriots gave up a decent chunk of yards to the Seahawks. 35 points is more than they gave up the first like four or five weeks of last season. It makes you wonder how they're going to attack this Raider offense trying to slow them down.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair cuz Carr has been incredibly efficient as a passer this year. They're not asking him to do too much, but he's doing a great job with the opportunities that they've been giving him. Uh but yeah, you you look at this breakdown of this players. Uh, their top 3 receivers are going to be Rugs, Renfro. Uh and then kind of just a uh, menagerie up there. It's like uh, we don't know who's going to be that third option out there. So But when you you look at who are going to be those top receivers, I would say I would put Jonathan Jones uh, against Ruggs. He had a rough day against Tyler Lockett, who's one of the best receivers in the entire league and Russell Wilson's best friend. So he got a little torched, but I think he could do a very good job against a rookie in Henry, Henry Ruggs. And then you have Hunter Renfro coming out of the slot. And so with that guy coming out of the slot, who do you put there? Probably Jason McCourty if i had to guess um but you know if alternatively where does stefan gilmore go a lot of talk i'm putting him against darren waller who is essentially their top receiver he lines up in line a lot so that would be asking gilmore to play a lot in traffic but having gilmore go against tight ends is something that they're familiar with you know the the bills used gilmore against gronkowski in that fashion so it's not like he's unable to do that. I think the Patriots, if they do that, they just have to be careful and intentional about getting a little heavier up front so Josh Jacobs doesn't try and take advantage and gash Gilmore when he's kind of in the mud.
0: Interesting. So you would suggest putting uh, Stephon Gilmore on Waller. Waller's a big dude. He's like six 6'7". Um, Stephon Gilmore's not short, but I, I just personally wonder cool. if maybe this is a Adrian uh, Phillips with like linebacker help or, or maybe a, a slot like a JC Jackson with safety help kind of situation where they double Waller, take him out of the game immediately and force Carter to go elsewhere. You think uh, Stephon Gilmore is best suited to go to the Waller and then worry about other guys in that, in that respect or am I being crazy here?
1: No, I mean like my, my thought is that it's a matter of uh, Gilmore has to cover somebody and uh, if, if you can match up one player against one player – That's probably the best way for this Patriots defense. I mean, yeah, you give like a good alternative way for them to try and approach matchups. You know, the, the Raiders also rely a lot on rookie Brian Edwards to be that third receiver a bit. And he's another one of those bigger guys, but he's more of a possession guy. Just three catches for 51 on the year. I just feel like it would be a waste to use Gilmore in those matchups as opposed to their marquee offensive player. And that's why you have your defensive player of the year receiving the big bucks. And so it's not even just like a pride thing. I think he would be a good matchup for Waller. I think that it would give the Patriots a lot more flexibility elsewhere. And the Patriots' cornerback depth is unrivaled in the entire league. So you might as well use those matchups.
0: It may be a moot point, though, Rich, because I feel like if the Raiders are watching game tape this week against the Seattle Seahawks and saw how successful the Seahawks were on the ground, mm-hmm. and when they have a good running back and Josh Jacobs, I think Jacobs rushed for almost 100 yards against the Saints. He's had a pretty solid season so far. I would imagine they're going to want to go run heavy, do a lot of ball control, a lot of clock kill, and gash the Patriots slowly. So are you worried at all about, based on the Patriots, kind of struggling against the run a little bit last week, the Raiders duplicating that this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think part of the success that the Seahawks had against or or with the rushing attack against the Patriots defense was the fact that their passing attack was so potent. You know, the Patriots had to have Adrian Phillips out there. They had to have Kyle Duggar out there. The Patriots had to go five, six defensive backs because of the matchups, because you had, you know, Russell Wilson, a threat to throw a touchdown to any of his receivers on any single play. And I don't think you necessarily have that same threat with Derek Carr. And so I I think that the Patriots would be able to play a little bit heavier against this Raiders front than they were against the Seahawks. Uh, But my question to you kind of in response is like, what do you think about this Patriots defensive line, you know, including, you know, their whole defensive front? Put Jawan Bentley in there as well. Looking at the players on the edge rotation, do you think that, you know, assuming that the Patriots are dedicating enough resources up front, that they have the, the quality of players to, to make those moves uh, to kind of match up against this Raiders offensive line?
0: I do. One thing I like about this matchup is, as you mentioned, other than Waller, who's a beast, I don't think there's really a, a helmet on a helmet advantage in the secondary versus receiving core for the Raiders. And I feel pretty confident putting one guy on one guy and maybe Devin McCourty is the cover one safety roaming the, the lateral parts of the field, which means you can really dedicate a lot of resources up front. Uh, I think that the big nickel package is, is how they've been going with their five linemen, their, their one linebacker and there, their safety linebacker hybrid. I think it's going to make a lot of sense for them. Uh, one guy I've been very impressed with, and it actually was my defensive X factor in this game is Shalit Calhoun. Ooh. I think he's been really versatile. You can put him in the middle, you can put him on the outside. I think he can really set the edge well. And I think if the Patriots can stymie the Raiders' run game early by dedicating guys to the box, forcing Derek Carr to make throws and getting him off his rhythm a little bit, uh, that could bode very well for them in the second, third, and fourth quarter. So I'm hoping for a very strong start from the defensive front, go really big up front, really jam the box and force the throws and get Carr off his game. So Shalit Calhoun's going to have a big game, hopefully, setting the edge. Penetrating, getting in the backfield and allowing the secondary to do the thing. That's kind of my, my
1: thought process. I like that. I think Calhoun's actually a former Raider too. So that's a, that'll be a fun matchup for them. Uh, I'm staying with you. I, I think that the biggest X factor for the Patriots is stopping Josh Jacobs and that rushing attack, making the Raiders one dimensional. But with that, I, I got to go with Juwan Bentley as being my X factor. You know, he kind of was picked on a little bit by the Seahawks uh, through no fault of his own. Russell Wilson's going to make any linebacker look foolish in open space, but Bentley himself was a little bit over pursuing on his run. And that created some opportunities for Carson to bounce outside and pick up some big yardage. So if if he's a little bit more controlled with how he approaches his run defense, uh, that'll be a big boost for this Patriots defense. And as always, you know, the Patriots defense is always as good as their linebackers. Uh, That's how it's always been under Bill Belichick. And if Bentley is able to continue to grow as a player... Then this defense will continue to grow. But if he struggles, then this Patriots defense could, uh, I mean, have a really hard time reaching the same heist as it did last year.
0: For sure. I mean, and there's some pretty high standards set by the Patriots last year in the defensive game. And again, also, they're not up against Russell Wilson this week, which is a pretty big jump. Not that Derek Carr's anything uh, he's like a, a very good quarterback. I don't want to badmouth him at all. But Russell Wilson is, it's Russell freaking Wilson, man. You know, that's the big <laughs> difference the here. Quarterback. Easy. And you don't have to dedicate the kind of resources to to Derek Carr you need to do to Russell Wilson. Uh, That said, what do you think Derek Carr's greatest strength as a quarterback is? And how do the Patriots counter that?
1: Yeah, I mean, his best skill is his decision-making. I think that he, you know, when asked, he can make most of the throws on the field, but he rarely makes mistakes. I think that's what his strength is. He's an accurate guy. He's, you know i'm thinking like a chad pennington-esque kind of player you know he's not going to go for 300 on a given week but like he's going to be reliable he's going to keep the offense on schedule he's not going to make mistakes and he uh he will take what's given to him and I, you know i i thought that he was always going to be a good fit for the patriots if they are looking for the transition away from brady because i think he fits what they do so well um and so what the Patriots need to really avoid is going into zone. I think if they, if they give soft defenses, Carr is going to eat them alive and just waltz down the field, and they just cannot afford to do that. And So they need to do a lot of disguises, they need to do a lot of motions, they need to make Carr guess up until the snap as to what this Patriots defense is going to do, and they can't let him settle or get comfortable because, as you said, if he gets into a rhythm, then he's going to start producing.
0: That makes sense. And, again, I think it's going to be an interesting three very distinct quarterbacking styles in Ryan Fitzpatrick, Russell Wilson, and and David Carr. Um, That's just a really weird kind of dynamic there. And the Patriots have shown versatility to hang with them. And I and I, we were talking in the last podcast about how are you worried about the defense or are they not really going to be able to duplicate their success last season? And we were both like, they're going to be okay. They'll figure it out. You really can't take this early part of the season, let alone Russell Wilson, led Seahawks as too much of a a gospel truth. And I think this would be a really good test for them in a good, not great, solid, smart quarterback. If they can make him look pedestrian, I think that bodes well for their their future prospects. Uh, which gets good enough transition, as any, to the other side of the ball. Page's offense, which looked great against the Seahawks, came up very, very short. Last second, goal line stand. What a fun game that was against the Raiders' defense that, Rich, I know football pretty well. I'm a pretty well-educated NFL student, I guess for lack of a better term. I don't recognize a single name on the Raiders' defensive roster. What's wrong with me?
1: Yeah, man, I, I have no idea who these players are either. <laughs> and right, it, it's not just me. Yeah, it, kind of, it shows up in the numbers, too. I think they rank 26th in points allowed per drive in the league. So they're not doing a great job. And they're doing it against a Teddy Bridgewater-led Panthers team and uh, Michael Thomas-less Saints offense. So two pretty weak offenses you know, in the big picture of things, and they're still allowing a lot of points. And so if Cam Newton's able to have an encore performance against this Raiders defense in the way that he was able to perform against a much better Seahawks team, then the Patriots might be able to build up a pretty early lead, turn the the Raiders into a one-dimensional team. And the sooner that the Patriots can remove Josh Jacobs from the equation, the easier this game's going to be for them. And honestly, yeah, I have no clue who a lot of these Raiders defenders are, which might come back to bite us, you know. I think LaMarcus Joyner is a good safety. You know, that's definitely he was the franchise player for the Rams uh, a few years back. And Corey Littleton, uh, another former Rams linebacker who the Patriots played in the Super Bowl. But it goes to show that uh, I know these players from how they were playing on other teams as opposed to them being right. a good Raiders player. So uh, we'll see how they put it all together. But if I'm the Patriots, if I'm Josh McDaniels and Cam Newton, I'm looking at this defense and I'm saying we're in a pretty good spot here.
0: No, it's true. I think the real question is, you know, do we see a week one game plan where it's very run heavy? Cam Newton calls his own number a lot, or do we see a week two game plan where Cam Newton stays in the pack, pocket a lot and passes a lot more? Uh, I'm hoping to see a little more of option one, the week one kind of run the ball, establish the run, open up the play action, and go deep down the field, which is why I'm going to give my offensive X Factor, Sony Michelle. A chance to finally shake the dust off. I'd love mm. to see him get involved. I'd love to see them make sure he is a number one type back. He contribute to the offense in a way that we haven't seen so far. Uh, I came really close to going with James White as my X factor here. Uh, a because I think it's a great mismatch. Do like a single back package, motion it out in the backfield, create a linebacker on him. He can eat that all day. And two. One of the things that makes sports just so transcendentally great is when a player experiences a heartbreaking loss or a tragedy in his life and then comes back the next week and just has a game of his life, just dominates. And I'd love to see that for White. Um, but I'm still sticking with Sony Michel because I want to see him establish himself as the number one back, and I want to see the Patriots impose their will on the Raiders front seven, establish the run, get up by two or three scores, like you said, and just kind of lean on him from there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, if if I am Josh McDaniels, I'm saying, okay, what is the possible strength of this Raiders defense? Who are the playmakers? And you look up and down this roster and say, all right, who has forced the turnovers? Who has these big positive plays? The tackles for losses, the quarterback hits. There's not a lot of those to go around. I think there's, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram is their former first-round safety from a few years ago and uh, they have one pass defended. They have a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss. They do a lot of things for this Raiders defense. Um, there's not too much. I know we mentioned Joiner earlier, so I would say if the safeties are the strength of this Raiders team and, like, you look at this defense, that's how it really works. They have those. They have a little bit of a rotation on their defensive front. They've invested some capital, Clellan Farrell as a pass rusher, um, and then they have two pretty... linebackers, uh, Littleton and Kwiatkowski. uh, And I I just think that this is a team where you avoid throwing stuff up the seam uh, and say, we can take the stuff on the outside. We'll probably have some success running the ball if we wanted to commit that way. Um, But if we just stay away and note where Abram is at all times, then this Patriots team should be pretty okay.
0: It should be. So who's your offensive next factor, Rich?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, is, is this is going to be a weird one, but I'm going to go with this offensive line of the Patriots hmm. as well because they've done a very good job of the, the first two weeks of, of doing a great job against some pretty good pass rushers. Oh. And uh, Isaiah Wynn himself has been doing an excellent job. Zero pass pressures allowed this year, so big step forward for him. But I know we talked to that. There's, like, not a lot to go around with this Raiders defensive front. But if this Patriots offensive line can you know, give Cam Newton all the time in the world, it's going to make this Patriots offense be even more dynamic, where he can either run the ball, he can go past the ball without any real threat. And so if they can continue their strong performance, I'm not really sure of any other matchup that really needs to have a big win because I'm not really seeing the matchups you know the Patriots don't have a tight end that's going to go oh who's going to go head to head with Jonathan Abram here it's like okay Ryan Izzo sure like if, if Abram erases Izzo that's like no real difference to this Patriots offense but if the offensive line is able to stand out and do a great job then this Patriots offense is going to have like the, their, their pick of the litter when it comes to taking on this Raiders team
0: and if the offensive line does well, I think that's a good enough segue with you, too. I'm going to try and make this a regular question I ask you at the end of every podcast we do in our pregame preview, Rich, which is the over-under on Cam Newton carries every single Ooh. week. Uh, last week it was 11. I think week one it was 15, I believe, if the numbers I remember correctly. So I'm going to put the over-under of Cam Newton runs designed or scrambles at 9. You're taking the over or the under?
1: Oh, that's a, ooh, I, I, I think 10 is a good number for him, but I I I I I feel like I don't know. I, I my thought is that if I am the Raiders defense, you know, how am I going to try and stop this Patriots offense? I would say we're going to try and bracket Edelman, and we're going to have our cornerbacks, you know, uh, Damon Arnett uh, and Trayvon Mullen. We're going to ask them to cover Nikhil Harry and uh and Bird on the outsides and say, we cannot afford to allow Cam Newton to, to escape the pocket. You know, kind of a counter to mine. If this offensive line gets Cam Newton all the time, they're going to try and make it as unsettling as possible for him. So I don't know if they'll tr- allow him to have as many rushing lanes or escaping the pocket times. And so I would say uh, I'm going with seven is my guess. Seven.
0: So Rich is taking the under. Taking the under. All right. What I like and I am I'm hoping to see less. Uh, I, I think to me more. I think I, maybe there'll be like four kind of QB draws or QB sneaks. Again, if they get to the goal line, if it's ever that's like if it's ever like short, it's like third and two. They're coming out in 41 package, and they're going to run it with Cam Newton. So that's like good for like four or five right there as it is, plus like five or six, he'll extend the play. So I'm going to say probably maybe 10. I think 10 is probably a good number. So I'm taking the over this week. Uh, however, that is just a ridiculous prediction because nobody knows. The predictions that matter, Rich, are the score. And going back to last week, we both had the Seahawks beating the Patriots. You had the score 24 to 20. I had it 31 to 17, which means you were closer. You get the win for last week. Patriots are hosting the Las Vegas Raiders at weird. 1 p.m. this Sunday. That is weird. Uh, what do you got, Rich? What are your predictions for the game?
1: I'm predicting Patriots win. Specifically, it's going to be in Gillette Stadium. I don't think the the magic at home is related to Tom Brady. I think it's just the Patriots and Bill Belichick. And this is a Patriots team that you know has shown they can compete with anyone. I think this is a better Raiders team than what we're used to. But I think that the Patriots will be able to hand them their first loss. This is a, a Patriots offense that against the Dolphins, against the Seahawks, has shown the ability to put up, you know, 30-ish points. And I, if, I know that they only put up 21 against the Dolphins, but if Nikhil Harry didn't fumble by the goal line, we'd be like, oh, they had 28 points. So I, I would say that putting up 30 or more against this Raiders team is absolutely Likely, <laughs> um, especially with Cam Newton playing as he is, especially at home. So I'm, I'm going with the Patriots will beat the Raiders 34 to 20.
0: 34 to 20. That's a nice conical win. I like it. Uh, as for me, I'm not going to sit here and ever say a week three game is must win. But at one and one. With the Chiefs on the horizon, with the Niners on the horizon, with the Ravens on the horizon, with the Bills playing well, you talked earlier, you don't want to get into like a two-game hole against a division opponent. I think this is, again, the Patriots kind of need to win to set themselves up for the future of the season, and they can afford a couple more losses down the way, and they are at home. I don't see the Patriots losing this game either. Uh, I initially had the score 30-20 to 20 because that seems like a nice reasonable number for me. But you, a little too close to you. I don't want to price right, you. Um, so I'm going to say the Patriots score a little less than that. I'm going to say 27-19 to the Patriots take this one.
1: Ooh, that'll be a good game as well. You know, so long as the Patriots win comfortably, that'll be fine by me. Um, but yeah, Alec, do you have any final thoughts on this Patriots-Raiders matchup?
0: None on that matchup. It's been one hell of a 200 episodes doing this with you, Rich. You figure I'd have gotten better at this between episode 1 and 200, but uh, here I find myself still as inept and incompetent and ever.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we'll have 200 more to keep on improving. You know, that's Here's what Bill on. Belichick says. After 200 right. games, he's still working to improve as well. So, Alec, until 201, have a good one. You too, buddy. All right, bye, man.